All right, what is going on? Hello and welcome to the King's Lab podcast. My name is Matt. This is Kevin. Kev, I think it is not an exaggeration to say that after your comments about baseball last time, you have lost the faith of the people and you are now on the hot seat. All six and a half listeners reached out to me either via text or through phone calls to let me know they were upset that I think baseball is a so So 100%. Of the, of the listeners. I, I would say all 100%. Hopefully we got some new followers that will agree with me that baseball is a boring sport. I would like to give you the opportunity at this point in time to redact your statement. Would you like to at least modify your statement? Yes. Uh, baseball is a sport where you can get lots of sleep during the game. Get out. <laughs> leave. Leave. <laughs> Ah, I'm getting even more excited about baseball. I'm pumped. It's just around the corner. Even your negativity toward baseball cannot get me down right now. What have you been up to lately besides hating on baseball like a buffoon? What what else have you been up to? Uh, You know, doing some some hanging out with the kids a little bit. Um, Did a 10-mile trail run in Auburn last Saturday. I know. You you know, when you're you're a big guy like me, trail runs is not like willingly or somebody like dropped you off in your car, in their car and just made you walk. A like, group of guys were like, Hey, we're going to go do this thing. That's the acronym was CSOP, which is completely stupid and utterly pointless. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know it was going to be 10 miles. Not until afterwards when my watch said you did 10.2 miles. Wait, how long did you think it was going to be? I, when I, one of the leaders, I was like, Hey, it's going to be like three miles or so, um, with some workout in between. He was like, it's probably going to be more than that. And that's, he knew me well enough. To yeah, know. only by seven miles, though. Yeah, like, you thought it was going to be three miles, and it was 10 miles. I, I'm sweating right now thinking about it. Yeah, it I was... haven't run that long in like five years, four or five years ago, I ran a half marathon. But like that took some training, though. Like, you're insane. So other yeah. than almost killing yourself by uh, unknowingly running 10 miles, you've been up to anything else? I've been... I've been just kind of hanging out, doing projects around the house, getting hyped for baseball season. The zoo has opened up uh, in Sacramento, so uh, my kids have been excited. We've done that a few times and just kind of kind of hanging out, hoping to take a trip at some point. You know, Hopefully things will start to open up here in the next couple months. And uh, Yeah, I'm excited for life to hopefully get back to normal. Yeah, we're looking forward to hopefully get out to the beach this summer. Uh, my my wife enjoys the ocean, and I know yeah. uh, my, our oldest son would absolutely love to get out there too. Normally, I'm not a huge fan of the beach just because I don't like it when there's like sand everywhere and you find it in your car like three weeks later. But you know what? Right now, we've been so cooped up. It's like that, that actually sounds amazing. Any but, change is good change right now. Right now, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the Sacramento Kings who are currently sitting at 15 and 24. Uh, We had the all-star break, so there's only been six games since our last podcast. The Kings have won two of those games. They went two and four, uh, lost to the Hornets, beat the Lakers, lost to Portland, beat the Rockets, and then they lost to the Hawks and the Hornets. I mean, if you looked at, if if somebody were to tell me like a year ago, we would have beat the Lakers and the Rockets in a six game series, but lost twice to the Hornets, once to the Hawks and once to the Trailblazers, I would have thought, what? But we kind of, that's kind of what we do though. I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of the phrase, but Kangs comes to mind. Kangs. Right. I mean, we, the Kings have done that over the years where they'll either beat or like compete very well against 
really top-notch opponents, and then they'll just fall apart and falter against some of the weaker and low-end opponents. And that's kind of what we saw here. Now, granted, the Lakers did have... Well, Anthony Davis was out for that game, right? LeBron I mean, was out, too. Yeah, I mean, let, <laughs> let's, let's be... At, at least Alex acknowledge. Caruso was injured, I mean, so we knew we could get him. <laughs> He didn't drop 40 on us, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the Kings are still kind of hovering around. What are they, like, what, they're around... 10 or what would know what seed are they right now do you know i think they're uh i want to say they're 11th or 12th i mean i think why should we know this we just do a king's podcast i know know, i i I was i was reading this morning that if we lost that we were going to be around the seventh we'd be we'd be slated to get the seventh of the lottery pick so that's not really good oh the lottery Uh, pick yeah but i know that um you know there's definitely been Different rumors. Sam Amick reported that the Kings still might want to take try and take a run for the tenth seed. Uh, I don't know. There's there's lots to unpack. We'll definitely unpack it as we get through this uh, podcast. Yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the good first. Always good to start off with a positive. I feel like a broken record, but I mean, De'Aaron Fox has been pretty dang good this season, Gosh, right? He is. He is. I mean, as long as we don't pay attention to his free throw percentage, I he's playing at a great level. Um, I, you know, he, we, I don't know if we talked too much about this. I don't believe he was snubbed for the all-star this year. I think the, the West guards were just amazing. I think he is really close to cracking into that. I think he does get snubbed by national writers and ESPN. And sometimes they talk about players and I'm thinking, no, deer and Fox is so much better. Or have you guys forgotten about Fox or. Um, I think the all-stars this year was just, there was just too many good players. The Mike Conley one, I think there was a debate there. Um, I think Fox is a better player, but I think overall career, I have a feeling Adam Silver gave a nod to the career versus the, the actual stats on paper. Yeah, that one can go either way. They've both had great seasons. I think that Fox has had a better season. I think at this point in his career, I agree, he's the more talented player. So it, that that argument can be made, I think. But over the last six games, Fox has continued to shine overall. Uh, he still has his weaknesses. There are still holes in his game. His free throws have still been not great. His turnovers have still been not great. But, uh, you know, almost 28 points a game over the last six games with nine and a half assists and 1.2 steals. So still just putting up stellar numbers over the last six games. Um, And also our our other guy, Mr. Consistency, Rashawn Holmes has looked very good as well over the last six games. It's it's over 16 points a game, 11 boards, 1.7 blocks. He had another, he had a monster game tonight. What was he like? 17 and 15 with six assists, two steals and four blocks or something like that. And and the blocks were just, I mean, they weren't just tippy touch blocks. They were full on get that out of here blocks. And I may have screamed it a couple of times. It was a good times. uh, Rashawn Holmes, I really hope we keep him around. We'll know. We'll know what the Kings are thinking come next Thursday if Holmes is still on this team that hopefully Monty McNair is getting ready to sign him. I'm going to pause and revert back to our fail for not knowing where the Kings are in the Western Conference standings. So as we mentioned, they are 15 and 24. They are 13th out of 15 in the Western Conference. See, I said 13th. Yeah. Check the tapes. Yeah, they're 13. Okay, you had it. You got it. Uh, But we are uh, four games back from Memphis, who is in 10th right now. And then five games back from the Warriors, who are in ninth, and then five and a half back from the eight seed, which is Dallas currently. So, I mean, not over, but like, if we're being honest, it's not, 
it's not looking great, you know, but it, but it's job. not like mathematically impossible at this point. Um, but buddies also look good lately. Yeah. Um, what you you said twenty two points, five boards, five assists for him. Like yeah, over the last six games, he's played. I mean, from an offensive per- perspective, pretty well. Today, I mean, and during this uh, Hornets game, there were definitely some bonehead passes where you were like. Well, Wait, what, what were you thinking? Um, buddy doing buddy things. Yeah, but for the most part, I think he's been consistent. I mean, to average 22 points over the last six games, happy to be there. Uh, but he has looked good overall. And unfortunately, who has not looked good lately is our guy, the rookie. Now, he's young. You know, he's coming off of an injury, had the calf injury. But Tyrese Halliburton has not looked amazing lately. He's still... Looks like a great player, but these last few games, he's really struggled tonight in 28 minutes. He only had four points and four rebounds, I believe. Uh, In his last six games, he's at a minus 10, uh, averaging only 5.7 points a game. So, you know, that that happens with any player, um, let alone a rookie, you know, where they have to try to get back in the flow of things. He had the injury. They had the all-star break. And so he's trying to work his way back in. But, I mean, it's been a little bit of a bummer that Halliburton has really struggled lately. Yeah, Walton talked about using Halliburton. I, I, well, I don't think he said it specifically, but he hinted right before that injury happened that he was going to s- switch up the starting lineups. And I had this feeling Halliburton was about to enter in the starting lineup. Today in the post game of this Hornets game, he mentioned Halliburton's minutes. He's been on a minutes restriction. And so today's was 28. He's really hoping that actually it's going to bump up and it's going to allow them to be flexible with the starting lineup, especially with Bagley's injury today. Yeah, that was actually where I was going to head next. Uh, if you're ready to move on from Halliburton, let's yeah. let's jump into Bagley because there had been kind of the the buzz or, or not even the buzz. So that that implies that there was actually like excitement about him. But the general consensus around the league was that even with Marvin Bagley's slight improvement lately there didn't seem to he didn't seem to be generating a lot of trade interest uh, for McNair to to work with there and then tonight obviously that came to a screeching halt any value that he had with the fractured hand so he's he's done um what do you think that does to uh, our potential roster and to any moves that we might have been able to make and to the dynamic of the team going forward yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot actually lately since since our last podcast over the last two weeks. Thinking about Bagley, we owe Bagley over the next two years potentially twenty five million dollars. That's like eleven million next year over over two years. Two years. And wow. Then and then it's a I think it's a qualifying offer a little over fourteen million the following year. And so Monty McNair's got to make a decision of do we want to give Bagley. 25 million over the next two years. Well, the, the thing is, he's been playing well enough, getting some decent minutes. I know, um, getting some decent stats, and and I think he's been playing better, and I think he's definitely climbing uh, to more of a potential place. This injury is just going to set him back. I mean, it's a left hand fracture. He's left handed. It's going to mess with shooting. Hand, yeah. You know, I think this is. I believe this is similar to the injury that is Matu's out on right now, or I think his is a wrist. But regardless, it's a good six to eight week. Yeah. Recovery. The, the timetable is similar, I think. So now we're going to be trading. Like now we're selling low because you don't trade a guy usually when he's injured. Um, and so his value is definitely going to drop now. And it also goes back. I mean, I saw on Twitter, a couple of people saying he's made a glass and, you know, they feel bad for him, but this just seems to be another small injury. It's not a major injury that's 
going to hurt his development. It's just, it seems just when he gets going, this is happening. Well, I think it will hurt his development a little bit, not long term, not physically, but maybe mentally and emotionally, because he's never really had the opportunity to get a, a true rhythm going and for to get a stretch where we can really see what he can do and for him to gel with the team and to kind of define and grow into his role for the team. So I think that that is kind of harmful in, in that situation, you know, and I know that he gets the term and, and he gets a rough go because of, of the Luca uh, situation, but I think that, um, you know, the term bust gets thrown around a lot with him. I think that this also puts a bullet in people's chamber who tend to say that he's a soft player. Um, and which I don't know if that's a fair critique of him true. at this point. Like he, he isn't the strongest player, but I don't know that he's soft. And I don't know that this injury definitely, you know, that doesn't make him soft, but, um, yeah, it was just one of those unfortunate things. And, you know, obviously we can't trade him right now, really. Yeah, I mean, he's been averaging 14 points a game, 7.6 rebounds for the season. That's across the uh, 36 games. I want to say he's missed one or two this year for just little things here and there. Um, you know, his minutes has been okay, 26 minutes. You and I both would have liked to see a little bit more on that, um, those minutes. It's going to be interesting. Monty McNair is now going to make a decision because do you move – do you move um, Barnes down to the four to start? So in the second half of the game today, they started Halliburton. Um, so they had Halliburton, Buddy, and Fox playing, and they moved Barnes to the four, and they had Holmes at the five. And then you bring Belly off the bench. Well, there's a strong possibility Belly will not be with this team in 10 days. Right. And there's a possibility Barnes might not be with this team in 10 days. Does yeah. this change? I mean, do we look at playing Jabari Parker? Do we, you know, Woodard should be coming back hopefully in a week or two from the hamstring injury. Woodard could play the four, but he's going to be like a Barnes kind of stretching that four a little bit. Um, so I think there's some hard decisions that Monty McNair was probably not thinking he was having to make, but it's part of the game right now. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen the phrase thrown around recently where Monty McNair has been calling this season and next season kind of the gap years where he's kind of building to get to the ultimate vision that he has for the team, which would ultimately be fulfilled in the next three to four seasons. Um, it looks like he may not want to trade Harrison Barnes. Um, he loves his leadership. His contract is very team friendly at this point. Um, he's, he fills a position that has been kind of a cesspool for the Kings over the past several years. Um, I don't know. It, I would be very happy if Barnes didn't go anywhere, and now it looks like maybe he won't. Yeah, I have been reading more and more and hearing more and more from Sam Amick, specifically from The Athletic, talking about the Kings don't necessarily want to trade Barnes um, for, you know, and I think he was specifically uh, acknowledging the Celtics offer, which has been out there a little bit. Different, you know, people on Twitter and, and other sites have been talking about it, you know, a a first round pick and it's probably a higher one and a young asset. Um, it sounds like Monty McNair wouldn't be very happy with that per a source for Sam Amick. And I'm actually with him on it. Barnes has a really team friendly contract goes down 2 million every year. He's performing really well. Um, unless we can get better with the trade is the only reason we should be looking at getting rid of Barnes. But it also sounds like buddies. Yeah. Buddy's trade value is really low right now. Right. right. I was just going to say that. It looks like Barnes and Buddy are both staying now, and Bagley isn't going anywhere. I think at this point in time, the most likely guys to be traded are Bielitsa, 
Corey Joseph and possibly Hassan Whiteside because I think any team looking for a backup center, you know, he could definitely fill that role. Um, so those are the guys that we can move at this point. I would be a little concerned about, you know, obviously those guys aren't going to bring in the type of value that a Barnes or a Buddy, you know, they aren't the quote unquote like the 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 sexy trades, you know, um, they aren't they're not going to bring in the same level of value, but. If we're going to keep some of those core pieces and hopefully build around them, you know, so do we make a move in free agency? Do we go after uh, a John Collins? Do we go after an Aaron Gordon? Do we go after uh, a Michael Porter Jr.? Because giving one of those power forwards would be would be pretty sweet. Um, what do you think about John Collins? I like John Collins, but he last offseason turned down a $90 million contract, which means that he thinks he's a max player. So he's looking for somewhere in the realm of like $25 million a year. Like he's a good player. I think he's averaging like what, 17 and 10 or something like something like that. I mean, he's a good player and the Hawks are kind of like right in the middle trying to fight for a spot. But like, I don't know if he's worth that money to us. Like that would really hamstring us and hinder our ability to sign some of the other guys that we wanted to sign probably. So. Yeah, it would depend on what we want to give up for John Collins. Do we go for him? I like Aaron Gordon because you know what his contract is. You yeah. know what you're getting. John Collins, it's a negotiation. And that $25 million He's going to be a, re- a restricted free agent, right, I think? Collins? Yeah, I and I mean, if we, can, if we can get out of Buddy's contract and get a Collins, then okay. Because we're going to be paying someone $25 million next year. Right. Or, or Bagley. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Bagley's a couple years away. Yeah, uh, he's still got a couple years left. And but. these injuries definitely aren't helping because you got to be able to see the product to pay for the product. Michael Porter Jr. is always, is, he's always been one I've intrigued with. Even when during the draft, I was really hoping we'd get him. His talent further. is insane. And then, but... Um, you know, he, he's kind of struggled this year, but then improved. Like, I, I think the critique of him was that the effort on defense, but I guess he's really turned that on recently. But as far as talent goes, I've heard comparisons thrown around to like a, um, Kevin Durant light. Like, obviously that's a large comparison. They're not saying he is Durant, heavy but on like, the light. yeah, heavy <laughs> on the light. but like, he's a very talented player. Um, and in the right role with the right confidence and putting forth the right amount of effort, I think he could be a superstar. So he'd be a guy that I would love to have. Now, I don't know if they probably recognize that. I don't know what we would have to do to get him. Yeah. Um, I always think, too, like Michael Malone's a defensive-minded coach, and he's struggling to get Michael Porter Jr. to play defense consistently, and that's not yeah. also what Although needs. Although I've read that over the last – like three weeks or so it's he Malone has been pleased with his defensive effort. So, and he's been rewarding him with minutes as a result before he wasn't giving him many minutes. Now he's giving him minutes. So, you know, he's kind of an old school coach in that regard. I, I, said that we shouldn't go down that rabbit hole about how much I love Michael Malone, but, (laughs) uh, here's the question. Do you buy or sell in 10 days? If you're Monty McNair, are you buying or are you selling? Um, I, I think in a vacuum, I would say sell, but like, it's more complicated than that because it's like, what are we buying and what are we selling? So I think if the right offers on the table, do we give Barnes away for whatever we can get? Absolutely not. You know, if the right offer comes along, I say we sell, you know, especially when it comes to Bielitsa, when it comes to Corey Joseph, when it comes to Whiteside, I'd be okay giving up the dream of maybe fighting for the 10 spot this year in order to like build. You know, um, I don't know. That's my answer. What do you think? It's different because of the 10 teams. If this was still an eight team playoff, I'd say sell, sell, sell. The 10th 
and it could just be the fatigue of having 15-year playoff drought sitting in. I'd like to see us go for it without, you know, it, they're one of our Twitter followers acknowledged that we do not play heavy veteran minutes or someone needs a stern talking to. 100% agree with him. Um, I think if our development is in track with getting that 10th, great. Um, but I would say we need to sell to find good offers. Here's the thing. What do you do with Holmes? I, I, I mean, look for value for him or are you going to, are you going to resign him for 17 million? I'd like to sign Holmes. Honestly, I, I mean, I think he's a cornerstone of this team to be honest. And like, you know, other than cousins, we haven't had a big man play at this level in the last, you know, consistently decade. Yeah. Consistently. So, um, I, I would love to keep Rashawn Holmes. I love the effort. Um, I love his quiet leadership. Um, and his hustle and his efficiency. I love that he makes free throws. I love that he plays defense. Uh, I love his little shot put. I, I, I just, I would love to keep Rashawn Holmes um, personally. I mean, that's, you, know, you asked, I answered. Yeah. You know, uh, and then, I mean, Belly Whiteside, are you just looking for second round picks? Yeah. I, I'd be good for whatever we get for them at this point. Corey Joseph? Same. I mean, he's a good defensive player, but with Halliburton handling the ball a lot more, I, Does I, Halliburton handle the ball a lot more when Corey Joseph is on the court? He should. I, I agree <laughs> with you. I just don't know. If yeah, I should happened. say with Halliburton theoretically. And I think that trading Joseph could result in Halliburton handling the ball a lot more, which I think would be a good thing. Which would help your favorite player, Kyle Guy, get some more minutes. You love the GOAT. Got to, <laughs> got to get a Kyle Guy mention in there. Um, now, let me ask you this. Luke Walton has been on the hot seat. Do you think that Luke should get fired? No, no, that and that's probably we just lost out of our six and a half followers. We just lost two of them. Um, <laughs> two and a half. Here's the what we'll retain for. <laughs> here's here's the thing. Um, if Monty Monty McNair. So, OK, kind of sliding into our two topic next two topics together right now is Walton's doing the best he can with what he has. I think that with Alvin Gentry and Rex on the on the sideline with him. I think we have the right coaches. Do I think Walton's going to get us to the playoffs deep in the playoffs? It's really tough to say. I don't probably not. But where we're at now, we owe him 11 million guaranteed over the next 2 years. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a financial component that yeah. comes into play because the Kings uh as a result of the pandemic have as a organization have lost over 100 million dollars. That's what they and, reported. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what they actually lost. Yeah, so at least <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, right. So but they've lost a lot of money. Yes. And as you mentioned, I think it's 11.5 that he's owed over the next 2 years. Now the Kings have been known to pay two coaches um, because of a firing. But do you really think that right now is the time to do that? I mean, unless we swing for the fences with this. And Monty McNair, I have to believe Monty McNair had a plan and he laid out a plan for Vivek and the ownership group to for this roster. Um, I don't think Walton's gone this year. Now, next year, if we're in the same boat and better players. But right now, what our, our bench is averaging 18.8 points a game over the last seven games. Uh, he's getting nothing. He's everything's coming out of the starters. I mean, tonight they had 23 yeah. points. In and Marvin. for the record, 18.8 points a game for a bench is not good. No. Yeah. I, I was, you know, <laughs> just to provide some context for that. That's I mean, not good. Last night, I looked at all 18 teams that played and every single one of them, I think, scored over 30 or more. One, two of them had in the high 50s, one in the 60s. Like 
consistently to win NBA games, your bench needs to perform. And right now, Corey Joseph, Belly, I mean, I got to throw Halliburton in there for now. I think Halliburton will knock the rust off and he'll be okay. Um, But we're not getting much. Where's Jeffrey's been? Why have we not seen Jeffrey? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure why he hasn't been getting meaningful minutes at this point. Um, And I think that to go with what you were saying, I think that, you know, I know fans don't like hearing that this is a quote unquote gap year, um, but it sounds like McNair kind of acknowledges and realizes that like, obviously while you want to win as many games as possible, that the likelihood that the Kings make a legitimate run at the NBA championship this year are not extremely, extremely high. And so um, he has to do what he thinks is best to build for the future um, you know, the, the Kings fans are kind of split right now. There's the people that are like, let's win right now. Let's trade for whatever we can get. Let's get rid of Luke Walton. Then there's the people who are like, let's bag it in. Let's sell. Or, or, or actually, I'm sorry. Those people don't want to sell, but then there's people who are like, let's sell everybody and let's kind of bag it in. Let's tank and try to get a good lottery pick next year because there's five really good players coming out in the draft. And so we're in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of it's it's kind of tough right now because it seems like the, the Kings kind of live on the fence, right? We've always kind of been like I feel like the Giants are like that in in baseball too. Like the the Kings are kind of on that they're teetering in that spot like do we compete or do we sell? And by the time they make the decision it's always too late it seems like. I it sounds like McNair maybe wants to get out ahead of it. He realizes this is a quote-unquote gap year. And maybe it's time to make some moves and shake things up and start building for the future. I don't know. Uh, not to completely give up on this year, but just to be realistic about it. You know, I think yeah. it's okay to do that. I mean, look at our off-season signings. Our off-season signings were either two-way contracts. We got Jeffries for two years, I think was the longest deal we signed. We locked down Deer and Fox, which was good. But Whiteside on the minimum. Glenn Robinson on the minimum, who's not yeah. even with the team anymore. Um, Matu is a two-way player. Like... There's a ton of flexibility. McNair didn't swing for the fences. I mean, I know he he took a run at a oh, who's the guy that ended up with the Blazers? Came from the Heat. It'll come to me later. This happens every podcast. I think of a guy and <laughs> Derek Jones Jr. There, there he is. Oh, Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know he took a run at him because Derek Jones Jr. said, "Yeah, they did," but that wasn't reported publicly. So I want to know what his whiteboard looks like in his office right now. Who they're targeting? Um, what do they think the makeup of this team is? And is Walt your long-term coach? Those are, I would love to hear him. I haven't, we haven't heard from the GM speak in a while. Yeah, he's been kind of quiet about things lately, which, you know. Which could be a good thing. We, maybe 10 days from now, we're going, oh my gosh, he is a genius. Or 10 days from now, we're going, I wonder what his offers are, and did he walk away from something because he knows something else? Yeah, and he may not want to speak too soon. He may be wanting to see kind of how things play out right now, too, and the base Bucks his decision on that. Yeah. The Bucks and Kings trade. <laughs> Don't want to speak too soon? Yeah. Can lose it? Yeah. DiVincenzo would have been great Jinxed it. Team. Well, um, let's talk about the next few games coming up. Did you have anything else you wanted to throw in that? No, I. you know, the big thing about the bench and the bench not performing is, and I saw it tonight, is Fox looked gassed at the end of the game. He looked tired. So did Buddy. Um, I think even Holmes looked tired. And, mm-hmm. I, and I know people are thinking, no, these are you know top-tier athletes, but they're playing against top-tier athletes. So you get tired. And I think at the end of the game, we were just out of juice. Everybody wants to talk about basketball IQ, but I'm going to tell you right now, I did that 10-mile run. I'm not saying I'm a top-qualified athlete, but I was exhausted that last couple I'll of I'll vouch miles. for you. I'll say you are. Oh, man. No, I'm great couch potato. But, at, you know, 
it, it had nothing. I think it's a lot of it played into it was fatigue. And even well, Walton talked about it at the end in his presser was that some guys, their legs are getting tired and he's trying to sub out. But the problem is that the second he puts the bench in, the bench isn't performing. Fall apart. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Fox played 37 minutes tonight. Holmes played 41. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's hard to sustain. Uh, high level production when you're playing that many minutes. So. But Halliburton will get the the rust knocked off him soon. He'll own that. Oh yeah, unit. he'll bounce back. He's yeah. a good player. He's a smart player, and he's still super efficient. You know, the, there's things that keep him at, at a high level of production, like the assists and the steals and the three point percentage and the free throw percentage. And so everything's going to come together for him. Uh, it's, it's just a matter of time before he shakes the rust off. But yeah, the bench definitely needs to step it up because our starters can't be playing 41 minutes a night. <laughs> and they can't be averaging 18 points a game. That's no, the bench, yeah, that's, that's for horrible. For NBA squad. That is bad. So next four games coming up are all road games. We've got the Wizards at 14 and 24. The Celtics, who are 20 and 18, they're a good team. We've got the 76ers, 27 and 12, but... And Joel Embiid is injured. He's going to be out. He's going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks, so he will not be playing in that game. That is huge for the Kings. He's an MVP candidate this season. Unfortunate for them. You never like to see any superstar go down with an injury, uh, but in this case, it does kind of work out in the Kings' favor for the schedule. And then we close that little run out against Cleveland, who is fourteen and twenty-four. Um, what are your thoughts about those next four games? And like, what do you you know? What would be your goal for those four? I mean, I would. I would love to see us, of course, get three out of four or even two for four. Um, but I also think if they make a trade, it's going to mess with the lineups. And so I'm, I'm hoping two for four would be great. I, the Wizards, though, and the Cavs, those are trap games for us. Like, we'll play down to the competition or we'll, we'll like tonight's game. We were winning all the way till a minute and 13 seconds were left, I think, is when they finally tied it up. Gordon Hayward, and then shot the free throw, went up by one, and then we lost. But we were leading for 40 minutes or 46 minutes before that. Um, so the Kings so just got to close out those games. Yeah, yeah. we get ahead. I feel like we've been saying the Kings need to close out games for years now. Yeah. <laughs> like, but the bench has got to help. I mean, just, to me, it goes yeah. back to the bench. Um, well, and another part of closing out games is free throws, which I believe you said were 71% over the past six games, which is what, like 24% tonight though. Yeah. 64 tonight. And I think that even with the 71%, we're like 24th in the league, which still is like in the bottom third. It's 24th in the league league over the last six, over the last six games. Yeah. 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 Well, it's yeah. On the season, we're still lower than that. Like 29th. 29th, Yeah. With uh, right above Cleveland. So I'm just saying, even with that improvement over the past six games, we're still in the bottom third. That's part of closing out games right there. Um, it's in the other same stuff we've been talking about, defense, rebounding, and everything. But yeah, I think that uh, winning two of those is absolutely essential at this point if we want a shot. Winning three is ideal. Yeah. I, you know, and they, Which is hard to do. They're all road games, you know, and they're not all easy teams, but... You know, but the road, you have a way of kind of getting together with your teammates and getting some chemistry on the road. I mean, the last long road trip we had, we did really well. Uh, when we did the through Florida. Um, I think the guys can kind of gel a little bit. You know, the something that's interesting that came out from the NBA was the two way players. They no longer have restrictions for the rest of this year. They can play yeah. every game. They can play through the playoffs. And so with that said, I, I mean, I would like, especially with Bagley going down and the rotations kind of opening up i'd like to see what kyle guy has 
I know we joke about him being the goat. No, but, but think, it really would be nice to see him get some minutes. And he's, he's got a spark off. And the these bench. games would be a nice opportunity for that. The only really scary team is is Philadelphia, and they've got to be feeling a little down right now, having lost their leader. Uh, Boston played us really tough. That it came down to Tatum uh, almost beating us from the corner uh, last time, and you know, luckily that shot didn't go in. But that that they always play us tough. But I feel like none of those teams, other than Philadelphia, are super scary. But Th- th- those can be the trap games for the Kings too. So, so we'll see what happens. Did we want to wrap up with one uh, one question from Twitter or something like that? I think I feel like you had a couple. Or did, well, you, or I mean, did you already kind of address all I those? Kind of addressed a little bit. Okay. I know. I know. Uh, Jeremy, one of our listeners, definitely texted me after the game today and was like, "Please give me a shout out. I want to fire Walton." And I had to kind of talk him off a cliff today. And uh, you know, Jeremy, just just breathe through it. Look at the big picture. Don't let the don't let the emotions get you. This is just one out of seventy two. Kevin's trying to uh, talk you off the cliff, Jeremy. I might <laughs> I might sneak up and shove you, but no. no. Um, uh, uh, by the way, where are we on Twitter? We are uh, the King's Lab. Uh, definitely getting a lot of interaction on there. Keep shooting questions our way uh scenarios love chatting uh with the different people on twitter it's definitely been very active over the last week it's been nice cool all right well and then uh continue to like and subscribe on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to podcasts kev as always it was fun talking about the kings uh, until next time i am matt he is kevin baseball is still awesome and go kings